Ministry Mentorship, Episode 20. Hello and welcome to this episode of Ministry Mentorship. This is Jacob Tapia and you're listening to a podcast dedicated to connecting apostolic leaders with young ministers for the purpose of helping them develop in their ministries. Before we get started with today's podcast, I want to tell you about a few things that are happening with ministry mentorship. First of all, our iTunes podcast has been set up, and if you go to our podcast page, uh, you'll be able to link to iTunes and be able to receive the podcast weekly. Uh, Secondly, we are offering advertising space to help us cover the costs of running this ministry. And if you're interested in advertising on Ministry Mentorship, you can send an email to Jacob Tapia, that's T-A-P-I-A, at ministrymentorship.com, and we'll send you some information on that. Also, uh, we want to hear from our listeners. And if you have a question about ministry or something that you'd uh, related to ministry that you'd like to hear answered by an older seasoned minister, you can send a question to uh, Jacob Tapia at ministrymentorship.com, and that's J A C O B T A P I A at ministrymentorship.com. We'd love to hear your input, your, your questions, and we will hopefully have some answers for those in the next couple of weeks. And lastly, we'd like you to help us to spread the word about ministry mentorship. You could do that by liking this podcast at the bottom of the post and also helping us spread the news on Facebook and Twitter. In this episode, we're going to be talking with pastor and evangelist Dennis Whitkus. Brother Whitkus has a tremendous vocal talent that he has used to minister to churches all over the world. He's been an inspiration to my own ministry as a child and even in my teen years, and I know that what he has to say will be a great blessing to you. Let's join the conversation now. Well, we're honored to have Brother Dennis Whitkus with us today, and he uh, attended Apostolic Bible Institute in, in St. Paul, Minnesota. He has been the pastor of First United Pentecostal Church in Spooner, Wisconsin, for the past 30 years, and he has traveled uh, all over doing camps and meetings, and he and his wife, Kathy, have been married for 45 years. They have five children, 11 grandchildren. And uh, Brother Wickes is just a tremendous minister and preacher of the gospel. Brother Wickes, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Now, I wonder if you could just share a little bit of your story. And I know that you you uh, have done a lot of children's revivals, and, and you've pastored, and you've done a lot of ministry stuff. But how did you really get started in, in, in all of this? Well... My storytelling ministry and all of the voice characterization, characterizations that I do began while I was in Bible school and in a religious education class taught by Sister Eleanor Grant. I submitted a, a recording instead of some written work she had asked for, and uh, the assignment was to write a Bible story. Well, instead of writing it, I told it on a little cassette tape recorder and uh, submitted it to Sister Grant and 
after she listened to it at home, she came back the next day and asked if I could present it live before the class. I did, and it was a big hit. Uh, she loved it. The kids loved it. And uh, I was asked then to appear two other times in the church and in the school uh, doing stories. And then I was invited to uh, speak at a district Sunday school convention that was coming up in, in the Minnesota district. I did. And uh, from there, that district Sunday school director went to St. Louis for one of their regular meetings and mentioned that there was this kid up in Bible school that uh, uh, dramatizes stories, uh, role plays all the characters and changes his voice and the sound effects and all of that. And, uh, and that, that's what happened. The rest is history. I, I did my first junior camp that next summer in Illinois. And since then, I've been all over the country from coast to coast doing this, uh, this ministry for children and out of the country a number of times, Europe and Canada and South America. And uh, it's been quite amazing. Now, for those of you that are listening right now, and, and you've never heard Brother Whitkiss. I, I remember being a child, and my I had been to a junior camp, and this man had told a story uh, about, and I vividly remember being scared out of my wits about this python that was all over the ship, and, uh, you know, I was right there. It was about to get me, and, uh, well, I just remember those stories. Adam and Eve, uh, some of these things that come, and my parents had bought the cassette tapes, and so as a child, I remember listening to these white uh, tapes. I'd put in the tape player, and, and there was a story about Ahab, and I can still quote some of the lines to this day, and that really uh, had a great impact on my own uh, ministry and impersonations that I've done over the last, oh, goodness, I guess I started when I was about eight years old. You know, Talk a little bit about, the, the the early years and 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 your younger part growing up i mean tell us a little bit about your religious background well my history uh began in Belleville Illinois just about uh, 40 miles east of St. Louis uh, is this town of around 40,000 people and uh and that's where I was born and raised, Belleville, Illinois. And I received, um, as I grew up, I, I started going to church when I was uh, five years old at the United Pentecostal Church there in Belleville. And uh, God uh, started dealing with me, my heart, and I started seeking him for the Holy Ghost and and it wasn't until I was 16 years old that the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost. And uh, it just really revolutionized my life. I, I didn't think that uh, I, I could uh, experience a change like that. And, but it, it happened, and I, I found myself in this, in this new situation where all I wanted to do was uh, be in church and participate in in the church's activities and uh, to be with God's people. 
And uh, so as the Lord began to deal with me about involvement uh, with the work of God, um, I was also being uh, courted by some uh, university football programs. Uh, I played high school football and uh, ended up uh, being uh, an all-state player and uh, an actual uh, one actual uh, uh, newspaper uh, elected me as a, as a uh, all-American high school player. So I was being courted by these uh, universities, and I was offered a scholarship to play football for the University of Missouri. And so I decided to go there. I signed a letter of intent, and there was a lot of pressure on a, a young, impressionable kid, you know, at that point in my life. And I, I, I caved into that. And uh, though all my growing up years, I was very serious about God. And even at the behest of my pastor, considered preparing for a ministry in the church. Uh, I let this interrupt that, this uh, football thing. And uh, so I signed this full four-year scholarship to Mizzou. But God was really dealing with me at, at, by that time, and it wasn't long until I realized that I had uh, made a mistake, that I had gone in the wrong direction, and I began to seek the Lord in my dorm room at Missouri. And at the end of this period of time, seeking God, one night I prayed all night long and cried as I laid on the floor of my dorm room. And by the time the sun rose that next day, I knew what God wanted me to do with my life. And that was to prepare myself for ministry and go to Bible school. And, uh, of course, I had to go before the head coach, of the Missouri Tiger football team, Dan Devine, who later coached the Green Bay Packers and at Notre Dame. He was quite a, a prominent coach in his day. And uh, I shared with him my story, what happened to me, how I felt. And uh, I was very nervous as I sat behind, uh, in front of his big desk and, and he listened to me and uh, and they had invested quite a bit of money and time in me, but uh, as I told him what I was feeling, uh, tears began to run down his cheeks. And he told me, Dennis, he said, this is not a sad day. This is a great day for you. I once had a call of God in my life, and I ran from it, and I've regretted it ever since. And so he was actually happy for me, and it just kind of confirmed what I'd been feeling when that man told me that. And uh, so I went up to St. Paul, Minnesota with my pastor between semesters and enrolled at the Apostolic Bible Institute, entered their theological studies program. And it was at ABI that I met my beautiful wife, Kathy, and uh, also began my child evangelism ministry. I didn't think it was going to be that, that way where I would you know, kind of stumble onto something else I could do for God. Uh, I thought I'd be a pastor, an evangelist, maybe a while, or, you know, work uh, in some capacity in the church, but never really evangelizing children. But that
that's how God led me. Uh, and so that came first before my call to go into pastoral ministry. And brother and sister, John Grant were very instrumental in launching this ministry. I, I did some local stuff. I told some Bible stories for the school and the church. And then in a district uh, uh, conference, and then I went on <clears throat> from there uh, to do, uh, I don't know how many camps and conventions and church crusades. Um, I began I began my public ministry, uh, however, in, in, in pastoring and working with churches in 1969. And uh, after graduating, Kathy and I were married, and both of us have, have been active in pastoring churches and traveling with our children's ministry ever since. And as has been mentioned, I served as pastor here in Spooner uh, for 30 years, and before that in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. So it's been quite a, a journey. I first felt my call in 1966, but uh, it's uh, it's it's really been exciting to uh, experience how how the Lord has led me through the years, my, and my wife and, and the children. They went with me, you know, and went with us. And so they participated in it, too. Wow. That's incredible. That really is. And, and there's so many things we could talk about here today. And one of the things that, that as you're talking about this, and, and I'm, you don't do children's ministry for, I don't know how many years exactly you've been doing that, 45 years, without having something that, that, keeps you going and, and keeps you passionate about that. What is it? What is it behind that, that your ministry that keeps you going and keeps you connected with, with children and with families? What is it that keeps you moving? Well, Brother Tappy, I have to say, uh, it, it being a very personal thing, uh, uh, my calling and that calling I never realized how important it it really is, not just at the initial point of being called by God, but how it remains with you and how committed you become to it over the years. You, you invest yourself in that calling. And sometimes when things get a little rough and life gets hard, it's the calling of God in your life that keeps you grounded and and established what you're doing. I'd say that first, and then my obligation to God, what I feel uh, toward him and my responsibilities to him and to my wife and children. And lastly, uh, but not least of those would be the church, the responsibility to all of uh, the people that I, uh, I try to, minister to and take care of and uh, those things uh, kind of keep me focused and on track now brother Wickis, what advice could you give to a young person that feels like god is leading them into ministry well i i would first say in answer to that question that they need to be sure 
and that they are actually uh, called and that God is directing them in a certain direction. And that's that it's not just an, an infatuation with the idea of ministry, but to let God prove and and uh, confirm his calling in their life, not by listening to other people, what they say, but by listening to God. Next, uh, probably to keep themselves open to anything the Lord might lead them into. It was just like me uh, going into children's ministry. I, I had no idea uh, that I would be doing that. It was something I did, you know, um, to entertain my family and and my friends, I would impersonate other people, but God wanted to use that. And he, he made a way for, for that ability, whatever it is and what talent was there to be used for his purpose and for his glory. And so, you know, 8,000 children later, uh, we find that here's this thing that I just thought was an amusement became a ministry. And so to keep themselves open to any direction God might lead them into in, in the work that he, he wants them to do and to be willing to do anything uh, that will serve the kingdom. And I would say finally to stay focused and committed uh, to that ministry, humble, willing to work at it, preparing themselves as best they can and to maybe work under a seasoned, seasoned minister for a time, work with a pastor, uh, prove yourself in the littler things, the smaller things, and, and he will, will graduate your life into greater service and uh, not be afraid to work in the trenches for a while. You learn about people there. You, you learn what it's like to go to work and come home and you're tired, but you still go to church. And, and uh, those things are important, how to work with people. And, and you do that um, by just living a life that uh, would, you know, be like one of the people who attend your church or who you work with uh, in, in the ministry. So you have to know kind of where they're coming from. And I think that's important. A lot of the things you're talking about is, is that's that's me. I was, you know, when I started out, I, I did comedy stuff and, and I was the, the funny guy. And I didn't really realize that it was a gift. It was a it could be a ministry. And I I, I tried to hide that in a lot of ways. And I tried to be maybe something I wasn't. I would be serious. I was, mm -hmm. you know, and this is just, you know, I've got to be this, this picture perfect person until yeah. I realized that God wanted to use that. And, and it wasn't, it was something that he had given me. And I think mm -hmm. because it was so different, it was so unique that people didn't understand and they would, you know, say things like, Oh, you're, you're crazy or you're just, you're nuts or, you know, whatever. At least, at least my peers would do that. But I noticed that a lot of people recognized that gifting in me. Was there anybody in your life that, uh, you know, you talked about Sister Norris. Was there anybody else that really encouraged you in your ministry? 
Well, you know, that's still going on. I, uh, <laughs> I found that in, in the doors that opened for me to travel and to meet new people, that those who had been given greater responsibilities in the work of God, like these district Sunday school directors and the people that organize these big camps and, and these conventions. And, and when they run into someone like you or like myself or um, a lot of other people who are finding their niche, you know, in working uh, in this area of the church, working with children, that they are very much interested in, in, in keeping a ministry like that going. And they, they have encouraged me uh, all the way through um, just by having me back again and again and again. I've been back to Illinois uh, 18 times and uh, it's, it's always the same. They, they just ask me, well, can you come back again? And uh, you're doing, you know, uh, a wonderful work in, in reaching these children and whatever works in reaching children, you know, they, they want to back up and get behind them and, and uh, promote. And so uh, the people that I've met have been so very much uh, an encouragement to me. And just this last year, <clears throat> and I'm not even able to, to stand uh, very long anymore in uh, what, telling the stories. And I went to two different districts and uh, we, uh, in one district, we saw 80 children come, uh, be filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, that was a larger camp. But then we went to a smaller camp and we saw 51 out of 53 filled with the Holy Ghost. And that kind of a percentage is very rare. And yet God is still blessing. Uh, and, and working through what we do to, to bring children into the kingdom. And, and so um, this director, he said, because I was telling him, I might be thinking of, you know, uh, stopping what I'm doing and not traveling anymore and all that. But he, he was really uh, adamant about encouraging me to continue because of uh, the... Uh, the way the stories appeal and reach the hearts of the kids and how uh, it's needed in, in the grand scheme of things that we need to reach these children because the enemy is going after them at the earliest of ages and we need to do the same. A lot of people have, have helped me continue and uh, kept me going. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot of, things the enemy will do to discourage you from doing it. I know I've had people walk out thinking I was getting across, crossing a line, getting sacrilegious, and uh, I was offensive uh, in my zany characterizations and antics, but uh, there were, to every one person, there were a thousand that said, oh no, don't, don't stop, give us more. <laughs> so that's been a great experience. Wow. Now, talk about, just briefly about your family. Now, what kind of, looking back on ministry now, how does your family play into that? And, and, and talk to us a little bit about 
those relationships and the importance of those relationships? I, I love my family very much. We were uh, very close. Uh, as the children grew up, we know we involved them as well. They, they sang and worked the altars when we were traveling in other places. And uh, uh, they um, then eventually worked themselves into their own ministries. Um, they were always good singers and they were uh, compassionate toward others, especially children. And so they have kind of been along with my wife and I on this journey every step of the way. And uh, now since they're married and having families of their own, some of them have moved away. Uh, we miss, we miss that great help that they rendered to us as we were all together uh, for those years. Uh, but uh, they are doing what they can do wherever they are for God. And my son is uh, preaching and teaching and helping men uh, in, in their, uh, you know, with their lives and things that they face in, in living for God. And uh, so uh, they were very important to us and still are. Well, Brother Wickes, I just want to thank you for for being with us today and, and for your, your longstanding ministry. And it's men like you and your wife and women like your wife that that uh, are an inspiration to, to younger people, and, and, and we need to hear that voice. We need to hear you. And uh, so I just appreciate you taking the time to do this. And I wonder if you could just, in closing, pray for that young person right now that feels a call to ministry, that is feeling like they've got to do something for the Lord, and, and just, just pray for that young person. I'd be happy to. Jesus, first of all, I want to thank you for those who are listening to this interview that feel a call and a desire for ministry. Lord, I pray that you might guide and direct them, inspire them, and anoint them for this work. These are difficult and even perilous times, Lord, that we're living in, and your help is absolutely essential for their success. Lord, help them not to become impatient and impetuous, but let the love they feel for you and for the people they will be serving supersede any consideration they might make for themselves. Let them remain sensitive, Lord, to your voice and to your touch throughout their ministry and make their ministries fruitful in every way. Jesus, I pray this and ask this all in the name of the Lord. And we pray in Jesus' name that these things will be done. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you again, Brother Wickes. It's been an honor to have you speak to us today. My pleasure, Brother Tapia. It's a good thing that you're doing. God bless you. You've been listening to a Ministry Mentorship Podcast with Jacob Tapia. Find out more about this resource by going to ministrymentorship.com where you will find more interviews, inspirational quotes, and other resources to help you develop in your ministry. 
Also, would you consider helping us with a financial gift? Your gift of any amount will help us fulfill our mission of connecting apostolic leaders with young people. Until next time, thanks for listening, and God bless.